This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We've been talking because we learned late today uh, by Mr. Goodale, and actually we learned, in fact, by the Americans who had uh, come out and made a statement on this. In 2016, several countries, including Canada, uh, suffered what is a very intrusive hack on a number of our companies, including banks, mining companies, um, uh, telecom companies, and they don't know what data was taken, if any, but nonetheless, it's not connected to the Huawei situation, but it is the second uh, real kind of red flag about just how dangerous China is that, you know, basically they don't play by the rules at all. And yet, you know, the response from the government is kind of, well, tepid. And the bottom line is, our government is going to have to make a decision very soon on how to deal with China. How do you deal with a superpower that doesn't play by the rules? Let's ask someone who would know, David Shipley, president and CEO of Boserin Security and Global News Radio Cyber Security Expert. He joins us now. David, the China story just continues to kind of evolve. You know, late today we hear, uh, you know, Ralph Goodell come out and admit that in 2016, China again hacked several companies. They're not saying a lot of information about it, but it was a campaign to steal valuable data. You know, at what point, you know, do we say, China, your time is going on? Well, I think we have to recognize that the uh, Chinese government's interest in growing its economy is in taking whatever ideas it can get its hands on, legally or illegally, and using it for China's benefit. And we'd better wake up to that. We've already lost billions of dollars in intellectual property that was stolen from the National Research Council years ago. Mm-hmm. That was directly related to China. God knows how much has been stolen in this latest attack. And I can't believe we're still having a debate about whether we're going to allow China's um, national telecom uh, infrastructure provider to run our backbone of our digital economy. Um, this should be the nail in that coffin. Well, it should be, but it doesn't ever seem to be. I mean, I don't understand why we're just learning two years after the fact about this particular, um, you know, what are they calling it, a, in, in, massive intrusion uh, into, you know, our security and whatever else they've detected. But why are we just learning about this now? Keep in mind that companies are not legally required to report um, attacks against them to the federal government. And in many cases, you know, in this case in particular, we're becoming aware of it because it involved other countries. And so we have the U.S. Justice Department and British Intelligence and others coming out and, and publicizing this report. And, and we're learning this as, oh, and Canada's included as well. So, um, you know, number one, governments aren't told when they're attacked as much by the private sector. Mm-hmm. Number two, other governments are much more on the ball about calling this out and um, it just speaks to the fact that we are grossly unprepared to deal with it. Well we are but it also tells me that uh, the governments have been woefully naive on this because the warnings have been there for a very long time. I mean our five eye neighbors have been saying for a long long time that this is a threat this is happening and yet now not only do we have this hacking campaign but just add it to all the Huawei and all the other um, tentacles of this never-ending you know nightmare that we now face geopolitically. 
Absolutely. I, I wish I could say we were just simply woefully naive. I think we're being willfully negligent. I, I think the, the, the mounting amount of evidence that's out there is someone in somewhere has made a decision that they're willing to accept these losses in the hopes that we're going to gain something out of the trade relationship with China. So, wait, we just, well, let me stop you there. Are you suggesting within the prime minister's office that they're making these decisions? No, well, somebody, I mean, look, uh, people are making a, a known calculus. We mm-hmm. can't be looking at all of the preponderance of facts in front of the public eye now and come to any other conclusion either. We are completely inept um, and we just don't get it. Uh, and I don't believe that. There's too many smart people. There's too many intelligence agencies, our own, others, you know, actively warning us, pointing at this problem. Um, so we're obviously making a calculated decision. We're, we're willing to accept this level of behavior uh, because of some perceived gain. Uh, I'm not sure what that gain is, um, but I think the, that calculus needs to be rethought carefully uh, ASAP. Okay, and, and look, I, uh, the whole thing with you know three Canadians being kidnapped by Chinese government, uh, you know, we're not learning a lot of information. We know that the latest is a, a, a teacher from Alberta, a woman. Um, is this a normal way to be dealing with this? You know, the Prime Minister saying that he hasn't spoken to anybody or gotten involved. Are you, from the outside looking in, do you think they've done a good job handling this? I, I, I think we, there are three Canadians uh, sitting in jail cells tonight because of decisions that, that were made, um, which unclear to the benefit of Canada. So we have Canadian citizens suffering, and I'm not sure where the win is for this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as far as this long-term infrastructure play, the decisions being made um, are going to have a generational impact, at least a decade and potentially longer. And I, I think we're, uh, we're rolling the dice far too carelessly. Um, with our with our economic future. Okay, and so getting us to the Huawei part of this whole thing, you know, this is a growing concern. Um, you know, in the in the Prime Minister's year-end interview, he would not commit to really any kind of plan for China of whether or not he's going to tell them to take Huawei and, and, and stick it where the sun doesn't shine or if he's going to allow it to stay. But he's got to make a decision, and it's either we stick with our allies or we, you know, trust uh, the Chinese government. And, I, you know, in one of his comments yesterday, he was asked, you know, about the Canadians, and, and he said, you know, I'll take, I'll take the Chinese at their word, which to me is is overtly generous and stupid. Well, I think it's it it is absolutely ignorant of the facts. Um, and and look you know, to China's credit, they're doing what's in China's best national economic interest. Good for them. Yeah. That is not in Canada's best national economic or security interest. And the sooner we get our heads around that and start and start being honest with ourselves, uh, the better off we'll be. And um, I think, you know, this is our last opportunity when we talk about this infrastructure to, to build something that's secure, reliable, and dependable. And our, our economic future, our safety, depends on being able to count on these digital networks. These are no longer sort of the Internet of convenience. This is the Internet of life or death. Yeah. You know, we're talking about self-driving cars. We're mm-hmm. talking about medical devices. We're talking about our economic future and competitiveness. You know, this stuff matters, and, and we'd better start taking this a lot more seriously. Well, it matters, but I mean, the bottom line is this government should be telling Huawei to get lost and hit the high road. We should not be partnering with them. I mean, that would give them power uh, if they bring this 5G network in. Essentially, they could shut down our, our power grid, could they not? Well, 
it potentially, you know, you're talking about the backbone of which smart grid and smart cars and other things right. are going to depend on. So, you know, I, I guess my question would be is what else is it going to take? So we've got a, a documented um, court case with enough evidence at least to get before a judge on this massive um, state-sponsored hacking of private sector companies. What more evidence do we need to present where this, this requires due consideration? What, what exactly is Canada going to do to retaliate against this? Because our economic interests have been harmed. Right. So how do you see this falling out? I mean, given that we're going into the holidays, the media spotlight will not be watching this as closely. But a lot can happen behind the scenes, certainly. Um, and, and the United States has to charge this woman. I think they've got another four to six weeks to do that. They, don't, they have a time limit on doing that. So there's going to be a lot of moving parts. It's a story that's complex and intertwined, and, and it's hard for the average Canadian to, to see the impact this has on them. And, and the reality is, for the average person, you don't see it until it's too late, until we have jobs that have been lost, economic opportunities that aren't there, and um, in the case of a, of a crisis a decade down the road, until it's far too late to fix. And I just wonder if, it, if we're just playing jeopardy with our future by not making a common-sense decision and saying, you know what, we're going to go with the European 5G provider that shares our democratic values that we trust that's part of the Western um, sort of democratic trend versus, no, we're going to take technology from an autocratic regime mm-hmm. um, that clearly doesn't have our economic interests in mind and has proven a track record that they will act against us. Right, okay. And so, you know, the bottom line is we can survive with that Huawei. We can use a, a more trustworthy and reliable system in Ericsson or, or someone else. But the bottom line is they're going to have to decide and um, we will pay the price of a wrong decision. Absolutely. And, and if the question is that Canadian telecommunications providers have invested hundreds of millions, if not a billion dollar into this, look, the government's already set the precedent where it said, well, it's in our economic interest and, and there's clear issues at hand. They'll buy a pipeline, but they won't uh, come up with the money to say we're going to secure our digital future. Right. Um, so, yeah, we better get our heads on about priorities. Ooh, yikes. Some very serious times of late. <laughs> and they're... Uh... 2019 will certainly be interesting for geopolitical uh, stories. I never thought we'd see so much geopolitical stuff getting into local news, but here we are. Thank oh, you. absolutely. Yeah. David, thank you so much. I, pre- I appreciate you joining us. You're always welcome. That is David Shipley joining us. We will keep an eye on that headline, of course. I'm sure it's not the last one. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.